I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season Nike home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and welcome to another edition of Stat Me Up, for Media Matters for Anfield Index. So, ladies and gents, we can't really escape the news, can we, since last Friday? We're all still walking around in that bit of a a haze, shall we say. But since then, we've had the Norwich result and we've got two massive games. We can't really undersell them this week at all, can we? And plenty of stats to roll through as ever. So I am delighted, as I always am, to be joined by Ben Boxack. Ben, how are we? Yeah, I mean, as as good as I can be. I feel like I'm still trying to process the news. It's 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 a tough one. I think I'm in avoidance mode right now, where I'm just yeah. I'm just refusing to even imagine the possibility that there's going to be someone else in the dugout next season. It just seems like so impossible to to even imagine that. Yeah, I think there is that. Still, we are still clinging. Is probably the right word to that little bit of hope that it is just a fake news story. But alas. It isn't. And and I know because I almost broke the the news to you. Can you cheer us up a little bit at all, Ben? Because there's still a lot of football left to go. So that's the focus. And we're not doing this program as we're not getting into anything like eulogies or like, you know, favourite memories. It's all about sort of the here and now, realistically, stats wise. Can you give us any sort of Klopp stats from this season just to lift us a bit? Any real positive ones at all? I think... The most important facts for me and, and stats, even away from stats, has been the way he sort of has built this Liverpool team for the future. And I think one that really stands out to me is um, in in Liverpool's league game against uh, Bournemouth, I believe. He yep. fielded six players under the age of 21. Nice. Uh, which was the first time that any Liverpool manager has done that in a league game since Bill Shankly in 1965. So, you know, that Jeez. goes to show the 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 amount of young young talents in the squad, the amount of academy players in the team. Yeah. So we'll go on to talk about Norwich, which was another perfect example of that as well, where we saw a lot of good young players coming through, uh, making their mark in the first team and, and doing really well. Uh, but you know, in terms of the actual stats for the team this season, um, I think what's been really important is Liverpool having that intensity back in the team. 
um, in terms of pressing and recoveries and, and all of those things. Um, so I was looking at the numbers and Vicecat does this stat called challenge intensity, which measures like the amount of defensive actions a team makes when they don't have possession. And Liverpool actually rank on top for that metric in the Premier League this season. On top of that, they also rank top for recoveries per 90 made nice. in the Premier League. So, you know, those all goes to show the, the intensity is back in, in this team. There's a yeah. lot of pressing, a lot of good work being done off the ball to, to regain possession. And I think that has been the key, really, to, to Liverpool having the success that they have had this season. Um, so, yeah, those are the kind of points I, I wanted to highlight because... They're they're definitely positive. Klopp Scott then playing good good football again, and yeah. that he's doing it with really young players, exciting players coming through. So you know those players are going to be here when Klopp leaves, and they're still going to be the same quality, and they'll still have mm. the same potential. So I think there's still plenty to look forward to. It's just going to be so odd not having Klopp there. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think that's fair, though. That's been the theme of the season, isn't it? The intensity, the the resilience as well, the the energy, and like you said, just uh, those pure stats. It, it does feel like we are, we have been back this season. Oh God, even though I'm talking about it happily, it feels like we're going to have to talk about a conclusion of something. But they are positive, and let's talk about yesterday's game because. That was a positive as well. After the the minute of singing at the start, which is absolutely right to do, and, and the odd breakout during the game, I should say, it was good to get back to football, wasn't it, for Liverpool? And I mean, it was a proper cup tie, Ben. 5-2, so goals galore at both ends. What did you make of the performance? What did the stats tell us on that overall? I thought it was an exciting performance. I mean, obviously, you can't take, you've got to take, all the stats with a pinch of salt because of the opposition and, and because of yeah. the players in there. There was a lot of young players in there who are going to be making mistakes, are not going to be, you know, perfect. Right. But overall, I think it was a good performance. Liverpool had a lot of high intensity, created a lot of chances, and it never looked like Norwich were going to get back into the game, even though, you know, yeah. times and they scored a couple of goals, but it, it always looked like Liverpool were comfortable and uh, obviously, it helped that there was a few experienced players who stepped up, like Darwin Nunez, who got his goal. But um, the academy players did really well as well. And then we're going to talk a little bit about them. But um, yeah, both Connor Bradley and James McConnell. And, and I thought Kwanzaa as well, although at times, you know, Kwanzaa maybe wasn't his best in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think he did really well, especially in possession. And uh, yeah, all, all of them. Obviously, Curtis Jones as well. He doesn't really count as an academy player, but he's still an academy graduate and he was heavily involved. I, d- I don't know if he gets the assist for the Diego Jota goal. Um, I think I think BBC gave it to him, but I, I don't. I haven't seen anyone else give it. Uh, yeah. Um, but he did also get a goal as well. So um, and and obviously played a key role in that Jota goal. So yeah, he he was really good as well. Yeah, the, the academy shone through, even the academy graduates, as you say, with, with Curtis, and it was great to see Trent get back on the field as well. I mean, man of the match for you, does that have an academy link as well, or are you going different? It's a tough one, but I think, you know, at times, like, I was watching Connor Bradley, and I was, like, thinking, like, 
he's, this is going to be so harsh to drop him for the next game. Like, you almost can't drop him. And he, he was definitely, I think, one of the best players on the pitch. And, and I've got to give it to him because, A, he got two assists, but he was just so involved in everything else defensively as well. He won the most tackles on the pitch, created the most chances for Liverpool, won six duels on top of that and made four recoveries. I just think, yeah, he was he was fantastic. And um, he has been fantastic as well over the last uh, few games where he's been asked to step up and come into yeah. this Trent Alexander-Arnold role. Um, three assists in his last three games. Like wow. I said, it's going to be so unfair to drop him. But, you know, you got it for the Chelsea game. I, I, I don't imagine that he'll start that one. With, with Trent Alexander-Arnold coming back, you He's probably fit enough to start that one. Um, but, but it's going to be really harsh on Bradley. He's crazy, isn't it? I mean, we're genuinely talking about, as you said, three assists in his three games. He's literally been superb. And he, he's repeated it in, against tough opposition in Carabao Cup semi-finals as well, like cameo away at Arsenal, as we know, in the FA Cup. And yet, yeah, you probably do suspect Trent Alexander-Arnold will be coming in to replace him, we think, against Chelsea on Wednesday night. And the other one I wanted to call out, we, we alluded to him earlier, he likes to tackle, did, does James McConnell. We saw that against uh, Norwich, which I liked as well. But he really displayed his overall talents, I will say. Did, did the stats back that up when you had a look? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, even in pre-season, it kind of stood out to me how good he was defensively um like he's just so energetic and he really wants yeah. to win the ball he's really intense in his challenges as well and I think he showed that he made the most recoveries in the game um which is really impressive but I think apart from highlighting his defensive abilities what stood out to me is is his ability on the ball as well um 72 passes completed is is not bad you know yeah um, in a game that was kind of back and forth at times, Liverpool didn't have that much possession. So 72 passes completed is really good. Uh, obviously got the assist, which I thought was a really yeah. nice delivery for Curtis Jones. Yeah. And, um, that's something, I, I wrote an article for Anfield Index a while back. I think it was at the start of the month when I kind of suspected he was going to have a bit of a role to play with Vitaro Endo at the Asian Cup. You, you would have thought that he would have played a few games. And I was kind of looking at his stats, not just in the Premier League too, but in the EFL trophy in the group stages where yeah. obviously, you know, like um, he's playing against senior opposition. So it's, yeah. it's a bit more uh, sort of like a, a fairer measure of where he's at because he's playing against senior adults and, and not teenagers in, in the Premier League too. True. Although there is Jay Spearing still in the Premier League. Yeah, that's true. If you forget not that, always, yeah. not always teenagers, but um, even in, in in that competition, um, he ranked, I think, in the top five for through passes um, overall, and and I think he was second for interceptions. So he he did really well, and he's been doing really well in the academy. Did really well in preseason, and and now he's come in and and done really well in the FA Cup against championship opposition as well. And I think he's he's a big prospect and surely that there's more 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 to come. But uh, he's got a difficult situation really because you know there's Stefan Bicetic when he's fit kind mm-hmm. of playing in his position. I know McConnell 
he's someone who's played in a lot of positions at academy level. So I do wonder whether, you know, he's going to transition from from that number six, which he was sort of forced into in pre-season because Liverpool just didn't have any number sixes at the time. And Klopp thought McConnell, yeah, he, he could play that role. But um, obviously, I, I, he he's played a lot of his minutes as a number eight. He's even played as a, as a wide player at under-18 level. So I do wonder... Wow if uh, we're going to see him maybe a little bit further up the pitch at some point. Interesting, because he, he does strike, especially when I saw him yesterday. He's, he's playing off both feet, and obviously the goal was with his left foot, wasn't it? That that ball across to the back post with Curtis Jones. And the way he likes to put himself about, you do naturally assume number six in the making. But if he's just playing those different positions, it will be interesting to see. But the, the, the academy at the moment, like you said before, like Bradley, Kwanzaa coming through, McConnell, even Bobby Clark, very unlucky yeah. just because of the situation and people coming back, not to even get a minute yesterday. But there's a lot to be excited about, quite rightly. And speaking of a lot to be excited about, Ben, massive, we're going to say this word about 8,000 times over the next week or so, but it is a massive week. Chelsea at home Wednesday night. Arsenal Super Sunday. It does almost feel just the way we are at the moment and where we are in the current season, that this is almost like a real litmus test of our title credentials, as it were. I mean, we'll do it one by one because I do want to separate them because I know through history there's been some incredible stats for these games as well. So the Chelsea game first. So give us the best Liverpool v Chelsea at Anfield stats that you can muster from the archives, as it were. Things I will I couldn't find. I was looking at recent stats, like relatively mm. recent stats, and I, I couldn't find that many positive Anfield stats. Uh, so there's been a lot of draws recently, but yeah, we'll see. Um, but the last time Liverpool actually lost um, against Chelsea was eight games ago, and that was at Anfield in that absolutely horrendous run in 2021 at home. Yeah. I don't know if. For, I'm sure everyone will and will yeah. like to forget that, that that run ever happened. Uh, but yeah, that was the last time Chelsea have beaten Liverpool. Um, and before that, though, like you've got to go back to 2014, which is again a year and, and a set of games that we want to forget. Yeah. Um, obviously, that was the the, the, yeah. the, the, the the one where Liverpool lost the title in the 2013-14 season against Chelsea. So they don't have that good of a record at Anfield, considering, you know, two wins in the last sort of 10 years, basically, or, or three wins, I should say, three wins in the yeah. last 10 years. That's not extraordinary. Um, but I do think, like, looking at Chelsea, I think they're kind of a little bit underestimated at the moment. Um I think there's a case to be made that they're sort of underperformed this season. Um, if you look at the underlying numbers, like they have the second highest XG behind Liverpool in the league. Uh, I know they've got a lot, a lot of penalties, so that's going to be a little yeah. bit skewed by the amount of penalties that they have. But even if we're taking away the penalties, they average the fourth highest non-penalty XG per 90 in the league. Uh, defensively their record maybe isn't perfect but I do think that the new Serbian goalkeeper that they brought in has been he, he's quite good and he, he's done quite well so I think it's going to be a really tough test for Liverpool I think 
I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season night home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Some fans potentially are kind of underestimating how big of a game this actually is because I think, um, you know, it's it's one of those that can be a little bit of a banana skin just because, you know, Liverpool might have one eye set on, on the Arsenal game as well on, on Sunday and the way these two games are so closely spaced, not so closely, not spaced out is, 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 yeah. is, 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 is going to be, I think a tricky one potentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird one when you look back in this, like you say, you have to go back and like when, when we've lost this, there's been even Yossi Ben-Ewin scoring as I saw in the archives for, for Chelsea, the former Liverpool player there as well. And I mean, last season, this was one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. It was the half 12 and I think Liverpool were 11th at the time and Chelsea were 13th, people remember. It was an abysmal, and I mean abysmal nil-nil. But something tells me it's not going to be the same because, as you say, Chelsea do create a lot. They just can't seem to finish a lot of their chances. That's probably the tale, but they, they will be a threat on Wednesday night. And flipping it round, one... One opposition side who will definitely be a threat on Super Sunday. I mean, we go to the Emirates away and Arsenal versus Liverpool away at the Emirates or wherever. There's quite a lot of stats, I bet, around that. It always seems to be a a prominent game, shall we say. Yeah, and you know what? The stats for this one are quite positive recently anyway, because Liverpool have play the last five games that Liverpool have played at the Emirates they fought four of them so um that's not 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 a bad record obviously the most recent one being earlier this month Mm. um so yeah that's 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 really impressive um I think on the other hand though again Arsenal are a team that just really good defensively um, yeah which not a lot of people are mentioning that they're always talking about the attack and how good they are going forward. And and they are really good at getting into dangerous areas. I think they're they're ranked second behind Liverpool for the amount of touches they take in the opposition's penalty area. So they are very good, but they've also conceded the second fewest goals this season. And I think if you're looking at 
expected goals against them. They they actually have the fewest. So they've done really well defensively. And we we found it out, even though we we, we yeah. beat them, they they weren't really difficult to break down. Um and I, I don't know like you know with Chelsea being an intense game and then Arsenal is gonna bound to be another intense game. I don't know how you know the tight legs will, will play a role in, in creating chances and being able to break Arsenal down and, and I'm sure like they're gonna be so determined to to get a result as well because they really want to get themselves back in the title race and obviously they'll feel like they, sh- they should have beaten us in the FA Cup uh, mm. earlier this month so I think that they're, they're going to be really up for it their fans are going to be really up for it and I think it's going to be a, be a, be a really tough game again Yeah I, I think you're right anything other than a win probably for Arsenal it looks a difficult task doesn't it for them to really be in the, the title race but everyone will look back as you said to the uh, the 2-0 in the FA Cup earlier where Arsenal, to be fair, did miss a, a lot of chances that day. Yes, we won. There was an own goal and there was Diaz. It's a stonker into the, the top right corner. Even last season, when we think back, there was a a contentious penalty, wasn't there, that, that won it for them in the, the 3-2 victory for them. So they'll also, and this is what I also really like, they might just have a bit of Diogo Jota PSD, so to speak, as well, because he does have a sensational record against them, be it Cup League. So let's just hope he comes and, to life Alexander in this Arnold one. Arnold as well. I think he's got yeah. the, the most assists uh, yeah. in, in his career has come against Arsenal. Uh, so I think he's got about nine assists against them already Jeez. in his career. So that's that's the highest against any other team. So um, Yeah. Yeah, he, wow. he'll, him having him back might might be a huge bonus for Liverpool in this game. Yeah, it's interesting. Just almost sounds like we're talking ourselves, Ben, into starting Conor Bradley against Chelsea, but then Trent Alexander-Arnold at Arsenal, but we'll have to see. But yeah, if you've not that we advocate betting, but interesting. Diotta to score with Trent assisting. I wonder what that odds will be for Sunday. And I mean, Wednesday and Sunday, um, we've never been in this this pod when we're doing Stat Me Up. There's never been a sort of mystic Meg element or here's our predictions every time. This is what we think. I suppose asking about the next two, because they are massive and I, I don't feel any shame in saying that. We've mentioned it a few times. What do you think Liverpool will be expecting and hoping for? And when I'm asking that, Ben, what do you think, like, yeah, if we got X amount of points, I'd take that, to be honest? I think given Liverpool's position and given that Manchester City are really creeping up on us now, you've got to expect six points and nothing else. Like, if you want to win the league, this is the moment. These are the kind of games that you've got to win. You know, this is the real test, the real challenge. And I think if Liverpool want to be serious title contenders and and win it, then you've got to win both games. And, uh, you know, even though the Arsenal one is a tough one away from home, but I think those are the kind of games that decide the league title. Those are the kind of games that if Liverpool don't win and they only get a draw or if they lose and, you know, would miss out to Manchester City by a point or two points or you know, another crazy margin again, we'll look back on and we're like, oh, we should have got that 
we should have got a point. We should have got three points against them. So I think I'm I want to win both games, and I think the players will want to as well. And I think that's a realistic target based on where Liverpool is at the moment. Yeah, listen, I'd love to be saying six points. That would be absolutely amazing, especially like next time that we come on this one. It's Chelsea, I agree. That is an absolute must win. I think Chelsea at home, and, and people will talk about that, but the, the extra spikes of them, we're going to play them in the Carabao final in not far, so you're getting that chance. That probably adds into the mix where Liverpool are. Jurgen Klopp's final, not the final, but one of the final games at Anfield. It, it's just a must win. We have to get three points from that. Arsenal away at the Emirates. So, didn't, yeah, it's... Oh, I, I do think as well, like you, I'd love three points. However, one or a draw isn't a disaster for me because mm. City lost there, United lost there. They've put a lot of good teams to the sword there, as it were. So a point wouldn't be disaster at all, especially no, with City. I, I, I wouldn't field. complain. I, I think, but but if you do get those three points, I think the potential yeah. momentum you get from that, the way that can galvanise a team, that's what I'm saying. That that can really spur Liverpool on to, to another level even that we've seen them in, in, in January and, and recently. Liverpool can elevate that even further if if they get the three points. But yeah. as you said, I think even a draw, I, I, you wouldn't complain. Um, no. Just ideally, you want to go there and, and, and yeah. get three points. Yeah, if you take six points from this week, it feels pretty pivotal. I think it's fair to say. Well, we'll find out a week. Well, a week today we'll know, won't we? And let's hope when we're talking then, it is in a very pleased tone. And the final section that we're doing, ladies and gents, when we do this, and please, just to be clear, we are both as good as anyone else about the Jurgen Klopp announcement. You know, we've talked about it, that it is what it is type of thing. We can't change it. So one thing that we did just want to give you a, a flavour of, when I say we want to give you, I obviously tasked Ben with this task and I've had no input whatsoever. So I'd Sounds like I'm claiming credit for other people's homework. But the three names that I'm sure everyone has seen keep coming up, Alonso, Amarin, and Dezebre. So Leverkusen, Sporting, Brighton. Three de- very different clubs, but the similarity, Ben, as you know, that all three managers are the ones that keep coming in, don't they, as the, the name. So in true sort of stat-me-up style. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My LibertyShield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. 
Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Alonso, Amarim, and Dezebri. So without just going, one's an ex-Liverpool player, said so that's the choice in true proper stat-me-up style. For those like me who aren't going to pretend they've watched these guys' teams week in, week out, what can you give us or almost make the case for any of them, as it were? Right, I'm going to try to summarise all three of them as nice. succinctly as I can possibly can. Um, so I'll go with the Zerbi first. I think he's more like Guardiola than Klopp, but his Brighton team still have a lot of intensity. Uh, so I was talking about that Weisskat metric, which measures challenge intensity in the Premier League. Um, Brighton ranked third in that metric behind uh, Tottenham and Liverpool. Um, obviously, Tottenham, Angie Postacoglu, we haven't mentioned him, but I no. think I think he's someone to watch. He's a, he's a Liverpool fan. Um, I quite like him. But back to the Zerbi. So to summarise, Brighton play intense football, press quite high up the field, press well. They like to have a lot of the ball, though, and in possession, I think they resemble more sort of Guardiola's short passes, pass and move kind of system. You yeah. won't have the really intense sort of Jurgen Klopp counter-attacking football. Um, Amarim, again, he's his sporting side keep a lot of the ball. Um, they're quite entertaining to watch. They score a lot of goals. I think previously he hadn't quite got their defensive structure right. Um, last season they conceded 32 goals, which, you know, in a 34 game season is quite high. If you, if you're competing for for the yeah. title, where they finished fourth, but Sporting's ambition is always to win the title, so mm. wasn't wasn't perfect. But this season they've done really well, both going forward and defensively. Um, they, they've actually conceded the lowest expected goals um, at 15.68 in the Portuguese league, which is the lowest by quite some margin. Uh, the second lowest is 19.95. So, you know, almost a four point difference, uh, which is yeah. huge, really. I think it doesn't necessarily reflect in the amount of goals they've conceded because I think they have conceded 19. So it'll be interesting to see why that is. I haven't watched enough of sporting to know why there's such a big fluctuation between expected goals they should have conceded and the actual goals that they have conceded. Yeah. That, that's something to watch. Um, Alonso, I've seen more of him in depth. Uh, I think his style is the most interesting and innovative out of the three. Um, yeah. Just because it's it's a sort of blend of Gagan pressing and the pass and move Guardiola system. So, um, again, Alonso's side rank really high for challenge intensity. I think they're third in the Bundesliga for that metric, but they also complete the most sh- passes in the Bundesliga, the most short passes. They keep a lot of the ball. Uh, just as an example, this weekend, uh, they drew drew, drew they drew nil-nil with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah. Uh, they really should have won that game. I think they had 75% of the ball racked up, something like, 2.6 xg uh wow. which, which is crazy then and didn't score any of that i think they're really missing boniface who was obviously scoring yeah. a, a lot of their goals uh but i think 
what I'm more most curious about Alonso is how does his formation fit into this Liverpool team? Because he's got quite a unique formation. He, he plays in the back three. Um, he his front three isn't anything similar to the front three that Liverpool uses. The the two wide players that they're, they're not really wide players. Then they function more as number tens. The, he's got right. Willets in there and uh, Hoffman who play basically as number tens and and the wide players that the sort of wingers the the Salas the Diazes in in the system they're the, the actually the wing backs if if you compare Frim, Jeremy Frimpong's heat map to Salas this season it's actually very similar but then then it, but but then where does like the Salah play in that wing back role at 32 years old. He, he, he <laughs> yeah. was trying to, you know, um, maintain his career for as long as pos- possible. Mm-hmm. I can't see that. But then where does he play? Because he's not really a number 10. Um, I think Trent potentially could even play as a double pivot in Alonso, Alonso system. So, yeah, I think it, it throws up a lot of questions for me as well. If If he persists with the formation that he's using at yeah. Bayern because obviously I think Klopp played a lot of 4-2-3-1 at, at, at Borussia Dortmund but then he came to Liverpool and switched it to 4-3-3 so um, it'll be interesting to see but at the moment I, I, I do think you know everyone says Alonso is the favourite I am most intrigued by Alonso uh, but I think at the same time there's, there's still a lot of questions like how how does he envision his plan working is his system working at Liverpool and is he ready for for this step as well because he doesn't have a, that much experience at, at at this level as a manager at least. Yeah, it's true. It's it's just so hard to know and and this is before as we know we're doing this people in case anyone's shouting if they're still listening that we've not mentioned the sporting director and how that plan will work as well type of thing. But we did just want to tap into. So the knowledge, because I know, Ben, you do watch other leagues to a certain amount or where the, the stats are good, give us that. So just to give people a little bit of insight there. Just to sort of finish off, Ben, um, I think it's, it's, it is important to link this because we talked about the sporting director and we've talked about people will say, hold on, in your last few shows, it was about, as you know, January targets into the summer and all those types of things. There's a question I wanted to almost put to you in this regard. With what's happening, is there a possibility this does just change the whole plan for the summer in the essence that we've looked at everything, didn't we? Almost assuming, I think it's fair to say, Jurgen Klopp would carry on and it would be who would fit into this. But it could just all be up in the air, so to speak, now, couldn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. I mean, it all just depends on who A, Liverpool bring in as a sporting director and B, who comes in as manager. Because, like I said, if Alonso comes in and he's he decides actually I want to keep this formation. So, yeah. Then that that's going to change the priority of who he'll want to bring in. He might actually look at a right wing back. Might it might even be Frimpong because he's been linked with Liverpool and he might think actually you know mm-hmm. I trust Frimpong. He works in my system. I'm going to bring him in and then that throws up the question: well, Where does that leave Salah? Where does that leave? someone like Luis Diaz because I don't know if he can play the the, the wing back role in the system yeah. but again I don't know if he can play the, the number 10 in Alonso's system uh, behind the striker so 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions. I think someone who could benefit from it massively if Alonso keeps his system and he's not mentioned that much is Fabio, Fabio Cavallo because he's obviously uh, he, he's someone who didn't fit in any shape or form into Klopp's system, couldn't play as a winger, didn't really fit in as a midfielder. But if Alonso keeps this, his formation and if he does come into Liverpool... Cavallo really fits into that number 10 role and I think he's someone who could thrive in it and depending how well he does at Hull City um, I think you know that that's one to watch out for as well so yeah like maybe maybe we did those shows too prematurely now looking back at it because the it, it really does throw everything up into the air I think um, mm. you know for some players it's going to be a new opportunity for some players um it's going to be uncertainty. And I think that's reflected by what Virgil van Dijk said earlier today uh, about, you know, he he doesn't know if he's going to be in the new manager's plans and, and nobody does. And I, I don't think he was suggesting that he wants to leave Liverpool. I think no. it's just, it just reflects the uncertainty around the whole thing because no one knows anything. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, Virgil's comments, I mean, I I, I tweeted about it because I think some people would say, oh, this disaster. I didn't take it that way. I think he's he's an honest guy. He was asked an honest question. He always gives insight. Maybe, though, for us to say anything, I think he could have maybe been a bit more guarded or just thinking about the impact at this time. Comments from the captain will also have, shall we say, but people will, will see that different. But you're right. We don't know. A, we don't know if it's going to be Alonso. B, we don't know if he keep the same formation. Then C, we don't know who would fit where, who would, and there's usually winners or losers, isn't there, when a, a new manager comes in? And D, well, I'm going to defend us because we have no idea about this like everyone else, Ben. So, you know, we do our shows based on what we know, but things like this happen and it gets jumbled in the air. So, ladies and gents, that was a, a special stat me up because we did want to get one in specifically before the big game's coming up. But naturally, we left it a bit later than normal because, funnily enough, there was a focus on the announcement from Jurgen Klopp, wasn't it? So we've tried to time it right. So hopefully when you listen to this, you do feel that way. But the only couple of things it leaves me to say is, first of all, Ben, thanks for the time. Thanks for the insight. And thanks for doing the homework as ever. Much appreciated. Pleasure as ever. Good stuff. And ladies and gents, that was another Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.